Big development news and big political moves this week in Louisville. We'll go over what's happening, what's getting built, and who's running for what. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Ellie Tolberts. Hi. Jason Thomas. What it is. And Michael Jones. How are you doing? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news, plus plenty of sharp opinions on what's going down here in Louisville, Kentucky. You might have noticed we got a few new voices here. Ellie's been on a couple of times, but this is Michael's first show. Michael's a new reporter at Louisville Business First. So welcome, Michael. Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's your first week. I gave Ellie a couple of weeks to get into the routine. And <laughs> Threw he, Michael right in there. Yeah, he, he's a veteran journalist. He can handle this. <laughs> I was just like, get in here. We're doing this. So, uh, so thanks for being a sport about it. But um, we'll start off this week. We'll talk about One Park North. Um, people who listen to this show a lot uh, obviously are familiar with the One Park plan. That's the the, the massive development going on there at uh, Lexington Road and um, Grinstead Drive. Uh, it's being developed by Jefferson uh, Jefferson Development Group, right, Ellie? Yeah, it's Jefferson De- Development Group. Um, that's Kevin Cogan's company. Um, so what's One Park North? I mean, we kind of been hearing about that a little bit, but we just this week got a like a preview of what it was going to be. Yeah, so they um, announced that they were going to make a development on the lot across the street from um, One Park South. So the new One Park is now being called One Park South, mm-hmm. and then this new one is being called One Park North. Um, and so they last week or this past week um, kind of came up with some plans of what it could be. There was a few options and they had already held some community public meetings to get a grasp of what people wanted. So this Mm -hmm. was, um, they came back with the options of what it could be. Um, And the few options they had four and none of them are completely finalized yet, but they all were just kind of variations of um, basically like ample parking um, with several garages and lots, and then a 12-story tower, which mm-hmm. they didn't say specifically what that will be used for. Um, and then I think there was also an eight-story structure on the site that they said could be like apartments or residential area, and then um, a potential grocery store and liquor store. So Right. All um, the staples, everything you need. So you attended a meeting on this, right? What was the uh, the meeting like that you attended? Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting because, well, I obviously didn't work here for the first One Park project, but um, from what I've been told, it was, you know, a pretty heated discussion. And there was, I think, 13 meetings and I like they had attendance of over 200 people. And I think I even read one of them went to being like six hours long. Right. And it was it was very uh, much. It was much discussed. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the meeting I went to had about 15 people and lasted maybe 45 minutes. So it was just, it was pretty lightly attended. Um, So, which was interesting. I don't know. Like I I wrote in the story, some of, some people were speculating that it could be just because of COVID or because it was downtown. Um, 
or just and, because people are worn out with the project. <laughs> so and that could be it. I think maybe I think all those things because you know pre-COVID people didn't mind showing up in a room with a hundred people or whatever. So uh, maybe they're um, you know less inclined to do that. And also, um, I don't know where the first meetings took place, but uh, you know having to if you're in that neighborhood and you have to go downtown, then that's something you know that's more of a uh, a hassle compared to if it was in your neighborhood or whatever. So. Yeah. And the first meetings were at the Girl Scout office, which is down the street from the site. Well, okay, so that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's like, right. You know, like you said, down the street. So what was, I mean, was the room, um, did, did you, did a lot of people have questions? Was anybody speaking against it or was it more like people were just there to hear what the idea was? Um, it was kind of a range of like, feelings, just neutral feelings or kind of indifferent feelings to like negative feelings. So there was no extremely positive feelings, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so it was, other people asked a lot of questions, but of course they did, they kept saying these are super preliminary, um, plans. So people kind of were, uh, some comments were like wanting less visible parking and wanting it to be, you know, shorter, of course, that was the yeah. main concern with the first one too. It's just super dense. Yeah. Buildings. People get upset about their tall buildings in this city. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, um, I've been to a lot of meetings over the years and let me tell you, no one or people very seldom show up to a meeting to say something positive about it. Uh, they usually show up to, um, if they're mad about it, you know, it's easier it's easier to get someone to attend to be critical of a project than it is to get somebody to attend uh, to be supportive. And sometimes there is that support if they feel like that, then there's not, if someone feels like that side of the argument isn't being made, then you do see a lot of, uh, uh, a lot more of that. Um, a lot of people, uh, I think your story said, when they were talking about retail as part of this project. So like retail, I think residential, uh, another commercial um, I think, did you say a lot of people wanted to see a grocery store in that area? Yeah, that's what the, they said that they got a lot of requests for grocery stores. So that yeah. they had already planned, even though nothing else has been like solidified in this plan. They, the one thing that they said they really wanted to see was a grocery store. So anything you guys want to see, uh, Michael, I'll start with you. I mean, is this a project that you're uh, interested in that you, you know, you want to see something develop there? Uh, not really. You know, I lived in the Highlands for most of my life, my adult life anyway, and I moved out a few years ago. And now when I go back, it just seems so loud and crowded. <laughs> and so. As far as things I want to see there, you know, um, uh, I, I think there's tons of restaurants um, in the Highlands, but not necessarily in that part of the uh, of the Highlands. So more restaurants would be good. I know Game is in that area and Lemu is in that area. Those are two great places. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think uh, like concert venues or whatever, but that might be difficult with parking. Uh, I don't know what their plan was as far as the ample amount of parking. That's a very subjective term, ample. Um, all right. Well, we'll move on from that and we'll switch gears. We'll talk about other restaurants. Michael, you just had a story uh, this week on Big Mama's Soul Kitchen. That's on Broadway. Uh, what's going on there? Well, uh, it's been there about 19 years. And Jesse Green, who uh, got the nickname Big Mama from the kids in the neighborhood, she's retiring. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant is going to close. They want to sell it because 
not only is it an institution in the Shawnee neighborhood, but it's in the middle of a food desert. So right. the only other options are fast food restaurants. And uh, if you ever go there, like on a Sunday after church, the line's out the door, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, it's become just a part of the community there. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, here, this is a local owned business. It's not a, you know, a McDonald's uh, and those are franchise, but um, but it's a, a locally you know started business. Uh, how much are they asking for it? Eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. For and just selling, for the business, they don't own the building. So right. Yeah. I was gonna, that's, uh, uh, you would have to, uh, you know, negotiate a lease with the landlord. But, you know, everybody wants it to stay there. Where else are you going to find oxtails in the city? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, you know, I think that kind, that kind of uh, local restaurant, they usually have something that's uh, unique to the area. So. Uh, hope to see uh, hope to see something develop there. I guess we'll be following that story as things continue. All right. So switching gears here, let's talk. Let's talk a little politics. There's been a lot going on in politics this week, and it seems like for the last, I don't know. I guess this year there's been a lot going on in politics with the the building mayor's race, and and uh, now we get the news that uh, John Yarmouth. Uh, longtime uh, congressman for Louisville, representing Louisville, Kentucky's third district is not running for reelection. And um, I, I mean, I was really surprised to hear this. I sent uh, a text to uh, a couple of friends of mine that I talk politics with, and uh, I think they said, you know, shut the front door. Only not that the, they said the real phrase. So I think there was a lot of surprise about um, about John Yarmouth not running. So, so Michael, you're working on a follow up for this story. Uh, you know, who's going to be vying for this seat? Um, well, Attica Scott had had already uh, gotten in the race against Yarmouth, and at the time, everyone thought she was crazy, couldn't understand why she was doing it. Yeah, and then uh, shortly after Yarmouth made his announcement, um, there Morgan uh, McGravy uh, or McGarvey, I'm McGarvey, sorry, McGarvey got in the race. Um, I, guess i'm hungry <laughs> but yeah so mcgarvey if, if congress doesn't work with, out he could open a restaurant yeah. called morgan mcgarvey he, he's uh raised a lot of money already and he's kind of just ended the race and was immediately the front runner but i did talk to scott and she thinks that she has an advantage of having already been uh around uh campaigning for three months but I think that the, the last couple of years have been hard on uh, a lot of politicians like uh, Nicole George was a first term council person for District 21 and mm-hmm. she's not running for reelection and all over. We're seeing a lot of, of uh, career politicians are retiring. Yeah, I saw Courier had a story about uh, people not running, re- rerunning for Metro Council. So I, I think it has a lot to do with polarization and just how hard it was to govern during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, a lot of hard decisions being made and a lot of hard issues to kind of weigh in on. Um, let's see here. So uh, I was reading uh, Courier Journal this morning, Joe Girth, their political columnist, 
uh, if he's not their political columnist, then his his columns are always political. But anyway, uh, I was reading that and he made the case that Yarmouth dropping out plus a little bit of redistricting could open this seat up to a Republican. And uh, he kind of made the case that, you know, there, there are people out there who say, no way, you can't do it. You can't get a Republican in the third district. It's impossible. Uh, you know, I mean, has a Republican. Yarmouth replaced her. a Republican. I was going to say, Ann, Ann North was a Republican, <laughs> Republican, and she held the district for, I, I don't know how long, maybe six years or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the country was just a different place back then. But, um, you know, do you, has, there, has there been any uh, any movement on the Republican side that uh, that have really, you know, a lot of talk on that side? I think there is one Republican who has uh, expressed interest in it, in the race. And um, I can't uh, uh, remember his name at the moment. No serious contenders had come in right. because they thought they were going to go against John Yarmouth. <laughs> right. And John Yarmouth has had a po- uh, opponents in the past, but we never, yeah. ever hear of them because, you know, he was yeah. so popular in, in Louisville that um that you just didn't the republicans just didn't um mount a big campaign against him um yeah so maybe that'll change uh now but um the democratic primary should be interesting yeah and that will be let's see it is october now so i guess this will be next year's democratic primary right yeah in may um let's see here um on the mayoral front we had a pretty big announcement there too uh who jumped in that race and another democrat on this yeah too. carla daring who uh a businesswoman non nonprofit uh leader has uh, joined a, a really crowded field of uh you know democratic candidates to replace uh, mayor fisher mm-hmm and uh yeah that race just uh keeps getting uh keeps getting larger it seems like um on i'm uh, thinking about getting in (laughs) (laughs) why not everybody else is um (laughs) you know you got craig greenberg in that race and then on the republican side you have bill deriff but we've heard some hot rumors about other people i guess i won't repeat them here because i don't want (laughs) to uh put them out there if it's just a rumor but uh we've heard some there's going to be uh some there's going to be a challenge coming from the Republicans on that side. So are on that race. So we should, uh, we should get, get that, um, onto, uh, onto Deering. She had a pretty, uh, big name campaign manager, right? Uh, Andy Bashir's campaign manager. Oh yeah. Uh, it's Eric Hires. I think oh. he's, uh, I think he's also Morgan, uh, McGarvey's campaign manager. Okay, yeah. So. <laughs> See, it's interesting. I love these kind of backstories of what's going on. Um, Barbara Sexton Smith, I think, is uh, managing the campaign yeah. for uh, Green. And everyone so. thought she was going to run against, uh, will run for her herself. Yeah. So, uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of action taking place on uh, on these races. Um, I think that's it for this week's show. <laughs> you might have noticed Jason has gone quiet on us. Um, we had something come up today. Uh, he had to jump on, so he had to like kind of pop off the uh, uh, the podcast. So we didn't get the usual uh, uh, Jason Thomas uh, commentary on this one, but uh, hopefully we can have him jump on next week. Um, as far as uh, Louisville Business First goes, uh, you know I mentioned it at the top of the show. 
uh, you know, we're getting some new folks in, so expect to hear some new perspectives and new people on the Access Louisville front. Um, there's a thing going on in America that has been called the Great Resignation, and uh, and it's caused a lot of shakeup in the job market, where a lot of people um, are are taking on new jobs because there's a lot of new jobs open. Uh, fascinating thing to watch, but uh, you know that's uh, it's also caused some uh, staffing changes here for Louisville Business First, and that's you know uh, it's it's good to have a, a fresh staff in, um, you know to uh, to kind of bring, bring something new to the table and keep us, uh, keep us fresh. So, uh, good to have you guys on. We have, uh, 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 one more new person starting next week as well. Um, so, uh, she'll be on soon too. Um, that's all we have for this week. Before we go, I'm going to let you guys share your social media handles. Uh, so people know where to find you on social media. Uh, Ellie, I'm going to start with you on this one. Where can people find you on social? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Eleanor, and you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Twerk. All right. So, All right. Um, and then you can find Jason at Scoop Thomas uh, on, on uh, I think he's on Twitter. And then, of course, under his name, Jason Thomas on uh, LinkedIn. You can find me under the name DMAN3001 on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me under my name, of course, on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Ellie and Michael. Thank you, Jason. Thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> oh,